0: Hey, everyone. We're back with the District 3 podcast, episode 217. My name is Edivine. And I'm Migs. And today we're excited about this episode that we're finally making it happen. Uh, we've been going back and forth through uh, Instagram DMs and then email. And uh, and now we have a very exciting guest. She is a two-time Emmy Award winning uh, producer. Um, She's currently the talent producer for Fox Sports uh, that covers NFL, WWE, Major League Baseball. Um, She's also the former producer of the Out of Character podcast that focuses on wrestling in the WWE. And uh, she's actually receiving the Young Alumni Award at the University of Arkansas uh, tonight. Raya Clay, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Happy to
2: be here. And again, a long time coming. So many Twitter messages, Instagram emails, but I am here. Happy to be back. And yeah, Fayetteville is my second home.
0: And you are a student, like like the award says, you're a student here. Yes. You, You came. I actually went back on YouTube. And I searched up your name, you know, to see someone. Oh
2: the stuff. no, those are always <laughs> some very cringy videos. Like, please don't show this b-roll on this podcast. I will. I
0: will. <laughs> I will. I will. But but it, I like to see you know like the journey of like how someone evolves. You know, not Absolutely. only with age, with mind, with with talent, and everything. And and I think I have because I, I was part of the um, Springdale Bulldog um, broadcasting team Uh, so there's like one or two videos of me in there too where I'm like oh my god this is so so bad (laughs) (laughs) no one ever sees these but it reminded me when I saw you because I was like I was kind of like that too you know like we didn't really I feel like we were just trying to learn and we were trying to specifically as like people of color in like the broadcasting space can be can be difficult in this area you know um you're originally from Monticello
2: born and raised and
0: you thought that i did not know what monticello was
2: i didn't because again <laughs> being in l.a now first of all I'm, I'm from arkansas it's like arkansas like where is that is it yeah. is, it, is it ak i'm like that's alaska yeah. It's AR. um so yes, from <laughs> yeah from monticello born and raised i am a billy goat that is my high school mascot so oh wow yes
0: a <laughs> goat um and were you you were doing some sort of like um, camera stuff all over there as well, right? Monticello. Were you part of the of the broadcasting team, or were you doing something separate? I think I saw a video of something of you like in high school when I did that. When oh I did my that god, YouTube you search.
2: really went way back. I do my research. Like, you did your research. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we did not have a quote unquote broadcast team. My high school was very small, probably 110 in my graduating class. We did have a yearbook department, and I was yearbook editor. I want oh. to say in eighth grade, and um. I will tell you, I put photos of myself and my friends all over the yearbook, <laughs> oh, okay. as you should. which I probably shouldn't have done, yeah. but I did that. Uh, also, as a part of E Lab, so okay. East Lab, um, as you probably already know, it's mm-hmm. a technology-based program. And East Lab, I did learn about, you know, video editing. I learned how to use like GPS systems. I learned how to do Photoshop. I learned how to do so many, you know, really cool things. Um, going back to yearbook, so my yearbook's teacher's name was Mr. Ryan Capico. Shout out to him Um, he also was over the video operations at his local church um, in Monticello so after I expressed my interest to him on wanting to major in journalism and media he honestly took me under his wing and he shot so many videos for me you probably Mm. saw some of those kind of in parking lots at his (laughs) church and I submitted those as scholarship submissions and also uploaded them to YouTube to try mm-hmm. to get myself noticed. So I did start off at a really young age, like trying to get my foot out there and just trying to learn more about media and video, and just that space overall.
0: Where do you think that comes from, though, of like what, what were you trying to accomplish then? What did you want to do when you, when you were submitting those videos?
2: So just to put myself out there, obviously I knew that, you know, being from a small town, it would be harder. Mm-hmm. Um, us not having, I always wanted to do sports for one. Mm-hmm. Us not having a professional sports team, um, also not having a TV network, um, but I've also been well-traveled since I was a, a little girl. So I've probably been to over 30 states, you know, already. I started traveling when I was probably 80 years old. So I knew going to, you know, New York and Chicago and all these places that if I want to have a job in the TV space, not just a job, a big job, I would have to move. Obviously, mm-hmm. YouTube. Who knows who could see my video? I mean, clearly you you saw it still from probably 10, 20 years ago. <laughs> so I was like, maybe put it on this platform and maybe it gets noticed by somebody. Mm. And from there, this small town girl could get noticed and then have a, you know, a goal to go to L.A. or to move and, you know, really pursue my dreams in a big city.
1: Was there um, somebody that, in particular, you were like, I want to be like her or him? Mm.
2: I love this question. I would say Oprah has always been someone that, okay. you know, I look up to. And then me researching her journey and seeing that she started off in a few small markets before she went to a bit network and then obviously having her own, you know, her own show.
0: Was she in Chicago?
2: She was in Chicago, yeah. also in Memphis as well. Okay. Was in Memphis at a local station, and Chicago was like more so her big break with Chicago. Mm. Um, so that really inspired me a lot. And then also he didn't work in the broadcast space, but LeBron James, his story really inspired me too. Um, him being raised by a single mom. My mom was also a single mom as well. Mm. And just seeing him, you know, grow up in Cleveland again like Single mom, more of a poor background, being able to make it out. I, I credit a lot of kind of just Good. my like drive to him as well because he really did inspire me to pursue my career in sports.
0: Mm, you haven't had the opportunity meeting either one yet.
2: I have not met either one yet, but follow back next year, and LeBron and (laughs) I will be besties by this time next year. I
1: thought everybody in L.A. knew each other. (laughs) (laughs) That's what people
0: on the outside think. I mean,
2: I will say that once you get in certain spaces in L.A., it is, like, really, really small. Like, I was at my friend's birthday dinner um, a few months ago. And one of her friends was there. He was like, I love your journey. It's so inspiring. One of my friends, she's one of the only black women to be an official in the Pac-12 network. Mm. Um, I said, well, I have a friend, too. And she also is official for Pac-12 network. Mm. Same exact friend. So it it is really, really small. It's big but small.
0: So in Monticello, um, it sounds like you had a good, like, support system in the community for what you wanted to do. Because you normally wouldn't think, like, in Monticello that there would be, like, that – like the teacher that you, that you had that was like doing videos for you and all these different things. Um, would you say that? Would you say that you did have somewhat of, a, of a, like a good support system that would kind of advise you on, on what next step to take in order for you to be able to achieve your goals in media?
2: Absolutely, definitely did. Uh, shout out to Mr. Capico again, but also going back to East Lab, um, our East Lab facilitator, uh, Ms. Katura Rucker. She also was a really big help for me, kind of just saw um, the vision of what I wanted to do at a really, really young age. And from there, she recommended me to the East Lab um, CEO, who actually um, they had me at their conference as a speaker um, last year in Hot Springs. So wow. I will say that I had a, a pretty good community backing me. My family was also very supportive. I always tell this story that I told my mom, I want to say, my either freshman year, sophomore year of college, that mom, like, all the best video editors, producers, journalists, they all have MacBooks, right? Yeah, they, they have are. MacBooks. They use iMovie. They use Final Cut Pro. They use the Premiere Pro. I need a MacBook and mm. a PC is just not cutting it. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, I get that, but I am a single mom working two jobs. Like so a MacBook is like a house payment. That's it's yeah. almost two thousand dollars. And uh, one Christmas, she got me this really big Christmas gift, right? A box almost taller than me. Mm. And the big box, it had another box, another box, yeah. and another box. Probably <laughs> like ten boxes. So I got to the very, very last <laughs> box. And it was a MacBook. Oh, wow. And I yeah. just broke down crying because I know how hard my mom works. And I kind of stressed to her that, I mean, yes, it was an important thing for me to have, but also a very expensive thing. But she wanted to invest in my future. And I credit my mom as well for just going out of her way to make sure that I always had all the tools, um, all the inspiration, and just the support that I needed to get to where I am today.
0: Do you think you got that, awesome. uh, that drive that you have, you know, the hardworking drive from your mom?
2: Absolutely. My mom is very hardworking, also a community leader. Um, and again, mm-hmm. like always wants to help others. I think that once you get in a certain space in your career field, I mean, it's great to be successful. Right. But I think that a really successful person and a mentor is someone who knows how to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. I think that also kind of just like seems to drive as well. Like you're working towards yourself, but also working to build the next generation of, you know, mm-hmm. journalists and producers. I think that really makes a successful person.
0: And and is that why you're very passionate about going to speak to all these different classes yourself? Because you're going to go speak to like well like two two or three different classes after this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: going to speak to a few classes after this. I spoke at um, NYU two weeks ago. Um, I spoke at NABJ in Alabama uh, two months ago. So that is honestly why um, that is a priority for me. Uh, not only to do the work and climb the ladder, but to also pay it forward as well. Um, Quick little plug here. I am planning to launch my own mentorship program beginning of okay. next year. So, if you're listening, it's going to be absolutely a free program for anybody oh, wow. um, in media or journalism. You'll be paired with a professional to help you um, with career advice, resume advice. I'm um, going to just guide you and navigate you um, throughout mm, your career. So, so cool. if you're interested, please be on the lookout absolutely free.
0: That's so cool. Yes. Right? awesome.
2: Yes.
1: Um, so, um, after high school, Uh, What made you decide to go to um, Arkansas? Uh, or, or can, did you go anywhere else or did you go straight to the U of A?
2: I love this question because I actually um had a pretty good scholarship and was set on going to Arkansas State. Mm, uh my okay. mom, she was so proud. She had changed her license plate to oh, Arkansas State like to a Red Aww. Wolf license plate. Um I had so many uh Red Wolves like um like gear, blankets and jackets. And then the summer before college started, I had went to um the TAP program at U of A campus right my um, high school um, counselor recommended it so TAP is technology awareness program and it was a media and tech program combined on campus I'm like you know I'll go to this program it's great but I'm going to Arkansas State I'm going to be a Red Wolf I want to go to journalism school and once I step foot on U of A's campus I fell in love. Mm. Mind you, the program, we were there for about a week, staying at the dorms, going to Brough, eating the food there, um, working under the students who were like student mentors there. And I just fell in love with the campus, um, the people. And I was like, you know what? college starts in like a couple months but I want to change my mind and then also with me wanting to go into the sports field I noticed that so many athletes had you know went pro from Arkansas versus Arkansas safe right mm, SEC yeah. school I'm thinking long term here I can be able to interview potential you know NFL players on campus I can be able to possibly get you know opportunities to work at ESPN game and I end up doing that so my mom will tell you I wish she was here we scrambled last minute Minute, we got scholarship money. We got grants, and I was able to last minute change from Arkansas State to you know Arkansas become a Razorback. Oh, but wow. it was a very like right. game time decision.
1: Oh. And and your goal was always I'm going in here and I'm gonna do uh, journalism, or I mean, or a sports broadcaster.
2: That was that was always my goal. Yeah? That was okay. always my goal. Is to do journalism, and I'll never forget um, someone told me, "Well, I don't really think that's a real job," mm. and I'm like. All right, give, give, yeah. give me give me a year or two post-college. <laughs> I, will, I will show you. Give me a year or yeah. two. But um, I've always wanted to do it. I've always been passionate about it. Um, again, telling stories. Um, I love sports. Um, I will say I did play basketball growing up. I was a kid dribbling and um, doing a basket and the opposite goal. So okay. I was I was not good at all. <laughs> um, I played softball. Also wasn't the best. Really fast. I've always been a really <laughs> fast runner. I should have did track. But mm. really was not athletic. Obviously, I'm 5'1". So, I thought in my head I'm going to be the next Lisa Leslie, the next Candace Parker, maybe even Scholar Diggins, but five <laughs> one going to WNBA probably not happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. What what were your teams growing up or, or still like? Do you have teams that you support?
2: So again, I am a LeBron fan. Like, please don't hate me, people. But wherever LeBron goes, I'm going. So I've been a Cleveland fan. I've been a Miami fan, and now I'm a Laker fan. Lakers. I guess it helps that I do live. Yeah, I was about to um, say. In LA and fun fact, I live like across the street from Crypto.com Arena. I can see it like from like my apartment. Oh, so, cool. it's like in my backyard, literally. <laughs> that's
0: so cool. Yeah. That's so cool that you're able to live there where like a bunch of cool stuff happens.
2: I mean, like I'm right there by Crypto LA Live. So, I've been to Clippers games, Lakers games. I've been to um the hockey games there. I mean, it's just it's a 1 minute walk. It's right there.
0: <laughs> Have you ever gone to go to any of the uh, of the soccer games around there?
2: I have not yet, and, like, my company actually is always giving out free tickets, so Um, I got to go. I've been to so many Dodgers games. Yeah, I Um, definitely
1: need to hit you up there when I go out there next time. (laughs) Please please hit
2: me up. We'll do a Fox Sports Studio tour, and then, again, we get tickets to soccer and to also Dodgers games. Um, So, yeah, I'll hook you up, and we'll have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I got
0: to go to the Los Angeles FC versus the Galaxy about a month ago. Oh, wow. How was
2: it?
1: (laughs) Uh, it was awesome, dude. I mean, just just that whole environment. We usually don't get that around here when it's just mad people like with big yeah. old flags and oh, you know those little chants. I, I mean, have.
2: you can't beat that like yeah. high intense environment. Yeah. You can't beat it. Yeah,
0: there's, there's a culture over
1: there. Yeah, I, I was no. definitely in a. Whole like, other world? yeah like yes and yeah and I know it's close the, to the field so it with was a nice. good, with a good drink in hand right yeah yeah of course yeah <laughs> I, I, I prepared really well before I got oh, there too well, okay. <laughs> well now, you have, now you have a friend
2: in LA yeah. so we'll do it together next yeah, time yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: um, so your experience at, at the journalism uh, program here at the University of Arkansas how was that uh, what was it diverse was it pretty diverse uh, regards to like students what in your time there
2: Um, So I definitely had a great experience there. I met so many people. It wasn't as diverse as I thought it was going to be. So most of my classes, I was for the most part, the only black w- woman there. Uh, we chatted about Mike Day earlier. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of classes together. Shout out to Mike. Shout um, out Mike but me. yeah, it wasn't really that diverse. And I'll tell a fun story here. So obviously I always wanted to you know, do sports, right? So um, I actually you know, expressed interest in being part of the student-ran um, TV station there. Mm. And um, tried multiple times and multiple times and just wasn't able to get in, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, So for that, like, you know what, I have to figure something out. I want to be able to, you know, be a part of it in some kind of way. You know, they won't let me in in sports, but they're going to know who I am Mm -hmm. by the end of this year. Um, So from there, you may have saw this embarrassing, cringy clip of me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I had a friend, shout out to Jeff Martin. He was running um, the student-ran politics show. Mm. And he was like, I know you want to be on camera. I know you love sports. But... I need somebody, I want somebody who's like you to come on the show. So I'm like, "Uh, ah, let's do it. So I ended up being a part of our, our Crossfire politics show mm-hmm. um, at our student-led station. Again, very, very cringy clips of me, but it gave me exposure to being on camera. Because mm-hmm. even now I'm a producer, but we do have producer segments um, for Out of Character, especially we did, where I was on camera for like half of the show chiming in. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely paid off, and I did that. And then from there... Ended up getting noticed and led to me being the host of uh, at the time the Razorback football countdown show, mm-hmm. that was um, taped before each football mm-hmm. game. So it definitely paid off. Again, I didn't get to you know cover sports off the bat, but from there the politics show, and from there I got a chance to be a host for the football game um, countdown show.
0: Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So man, it just seems like you've been since you since you've kind of like taken advantage of every opportunity you've been given. I feel like new opportunities have risen yeah. from absolutely that, every kind of time shows the importance and kind of we kind of have to tell people like take those opportunities sometimes they don't even seem like they're opportunities that are 100 percent what you want for but sure. there's an opportunity in there for you to lead to something else something greater you know, that, that you do want to do
1: I, i'm very much the same way i'm like you know like if something happens when they're like no you you're pretty much like you can't do this i'm always like these other lovers are gonna know my <laughs> name. You know I <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much my
2: philosophy. Like, you know, um, I mean I can do it with you, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do it, you know, mm-hmm. my do it my way this time.
1: Yeah. And I was also wondering like if it was like a right off the bat thing, like w- was everybody like, Oh, she's something special, or did you have to like
2: Um, for the most part, I think that people kinda saw something in me, mm-hmm. but I had to honestly like really like prove myself
1: mm-hmm. and work
2: for it. Again, like, you know, a black woman from uh, Monticello. I mean, you know Monticello, but mm. most people in my journalism class didn't know where Monticello was at, to be honest. And, um, again, proving myself, but I didn't mind doing it. Like, mm. I'm, a, I'm a hard worker. I'm very resilient, so I didn't mind going in there. And, like, I already knew what I was capable of showing you, okay, like, this is why you should have me a part of your show, you know, mm. hire me, or just really believe that I have what it takes. Mm.
1: How long did it take you in the university to get to, like, in front of the camera, finally?
2: It was my junior year.
1: Okay. My yeah. junior
2: year. And again, like as you all know, most of the time those student, you know, ran um stations or pretty much ran by the students, right? Yeah, so they're yeah. able to kinda dictate who's on camera, who's mm. producing things like that. So it took me to my junior year to actually be able to, you know, be on camera consistently.
1: Okay. Mm. And I mean, it looks like you went your best foot forward and just kept doing it.
2: I mean, kept doing it, and from there, honestly, kind of shifted and fell in love with more of the production side. Mm-hmm. So also my junior year, I was hired by, at the time, it was Razor Vision. Um, now it's the Razorback Sports Network. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my day and I, we were hired as um, PAs to, you know, broadcast, you know, soccer, basketball, football, all Razorback, you know, sports. And then also the next year, ESPN launched the SEC Network. Oh, wow. So from there, Raising Back Sports Network, they recommended students who are already working for the school to be freelance PAs for ESPN. Oh, wow. So we were getting like contract roles with ESPN senior year of college to like be like stage managers, um, PAs, runners at pretty much all the games. Mm. And from there, I'm like, you know what? Like I love being on camera, but I really like the production side of this. Like I think this is like a more a more better fit for me.
0: Why do you like the production side more?
2: I think that I'm able to be more creative. Right, so be able to pull pieces together whether that's video footage, creating graphics, even in mm. my current role being a talent producer. I'm still working directly with talent, but they are honestly trusting me yeah. to pull things together for them. Mm. That could be like, you know, writing scripts. That could be saying, okay, who should we book this week on the you know on the show based off how they're performing, whether it's basketball, wrestling, et cetera. But I have more of a creative control as a producer.
0: Mm, makes sense. And you... Like like we like I said at the beginning, you've done work with the NFL, with WWE, with Major League Baseball. Um, how did the the transition, or or how did the opportunity look like for you um, from going to the university, doing some work with with uh, you said ESPN yes. to the opportunity with being with Fox Sports? How did that how did that journey look like?
2: So after college, I actually received an offer at Fox Sports uh, network in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was a graphics coordinator. So a uh, pretty pretty big difference in what I was doing in college, but I did oversee graphics a bit, so I had knowledge about it. And um, I knew for me, it wasn't about like this being my you know dream job. It was about getting my foot in the door, right? Because yeah. most people they start off. And um, in local TV, and I'll never forget. I was driving back from Fay- driving from Fayetteville to Monticello after graduation. And I told my mom, I said, "Mom, I said I've already been talking to local TV stations, but the pay is not good. I didn't think yeah. it was going to be that good. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to work in local TV. I just feel like I'm not really going to get a lot out of that, considering that I just you know worked as a freelance PA for ESPN as a senior in college. My mom told me, well, if you don't want to work in local only applies to national Mm. and I said oh okay I like that I like that so good
0: good mom advice
2: good good mom advice so even though it's a long shot I started only applying to, you know, national TV networks. And to be honest, having ESPN on my resume at such a young age definitely helped. I remember I had an interview with um, VH1, made it to the very, very last round of the interview process, didn't get it. And then finally landed my job uh, with Fox Sports as a graphics coordinator. And again, I loved the job, but knew that, you know, something bigger in store for me. So I was there for a couple years, and I was like, you know what, ESPN – is my dream job. Mm. That's where I want to be. And from there, um, I started applying. Um, I had a mentor who I met when I was working for um, ESPN as a freelance PA in college, who advocated for me. Um, you know, got me so many interviews, but just couldn't get the job. Mm. So for about the first year at Fox, I was like, honestly, trying to like go to ESPN, but it just didn't work out. So my second year, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna try it again. I have experience now. We're gonna see what happens. Um, so, 2019, um, interviewing, for, uh, applying for ESPN, they finally put my resume. So, I'm like, okay, I'm excited. This is my dream job. I want to um, go to ESPN. And honestly, at that point, I kind of knew the role that I applied for. I was overqualified for, but I was like, they're going to take me like
1: yeah,
0: I'm a, f- this job. A, f- a foot in. Foot in. Yeah.
2: So they end up flying me um, out to ESPN's headquarters, um, had a great interview, uh, met so many great people. Um, I get back to Charlotte, and I'm told that I'm overqualified for the job. They love me. Mm. And um, I don't know why. I honestly wasn't as bummed as I thought I was going to be. I just had a feeling that, okay, like being told you're overqualified yeah. is not really a bad thing mm. because, I mean, you're good, yeah. but you just need something better. Yeah. So um, I kid you not, maybe a month later, the recruiter, um, shout out to Brittany Kelly from ESPN, um, emailed me and was like, are you still looking for jobs? And I said, absolutely. And she said, well, I can't make any promises to you, but we're going to be creating a brand new role. It's going to be an associate, a senior associate producer role. Um, and the people you interviewed before, they were like, loved you so much, they recommended you for wow. a higher position, a different well, department. Damn. And I'm like, really? Mm. And she was like, yeah, the role hasn't even been posted on the website yet. But we want to give you a heads up to make sure if you're interested, you're getting an interview. Oh, dang. And I had never experienced that in my Mm. life, especially from ESPN. I never experienced (laughs) that. Um, So I ended up interviewing again, different department. They flew me out again Mm -hmm. to ESPN's headquarters. Interview was a much more intense interview, Mm. much more people. Uh, Flew back to Charlotte. I'll never forget, it was Halloween day. And I was off that day. I was getting ready to go out with my friends, and I got the call. And they said that we want to give you an offer for the senior AP role at ESPN. And um, from there, um, I ended up moving and had a great experience at ESPN. I mean, worked on Little League World Series, worked mm. on sports and documentaries. Uh,
1: where were you working out of? Like everywhere? They were just sending you different places. Or were so you at I Bristol? was
2: uh, studio based out of Bristol. Okay. Yes, out of Bristol, and then obviously the pandemic happened. So from there, I actually was remote my last like year. And okay. where is where
1: is Bristol at? Connecticut. 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 Okay. Yeah, yes. That's home home base. Oh, yep. For ESPN. Their headquarters oh, in I Connecticut. Did not know, yes. Yeah. yes, yes. Just like WWE, right? They're, they're in
2: Sanford, yes. Yeah, so down yeah. the street, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was there. I worked on a really cool ESPN Plus project called Why Not Us that Chris Paul executive produced. So mm. got to be on Zoom with Chris Paul and, like, chat with him. But it overall, is. great experience. Uh, won an Emmy Award my first year at ESPN. Won an Emmy Award my second year at ESPN. Was uh, nominated my third year at ESPN. And from there... Um, Again, love my experience, but I saw really the future of streaming and digital. Mm. And again, the ESPN Plus project—that was really what kind of was like you know what I want to work in digital.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, I honestly, I was chatting with um, you know ESPN's digital team, their social team. I just didn't have anything at that time for mm. me, so I'm scrolling on Twitter. You know, I love Twitter. I'm scrolling on Twitter, and I. X. Elon, please do not shut our podcast down. Please do not. We call
1: it, we call it Twitter here. I'm scrolling, on. I'm
2: scrolling on.
1: It was Twitter when she was scrolling. Nice it,
2: scroll. it was Twitter. Like, yeah. They for the same. I was. I sco- also
1: did burn you at the same time. Somebody bad for that. <laughs> <Really? Yeah. laughs> I was like X. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And
2: um, I see a digital talent producer role at Fox Sports in Los Angeles, hmm. and the person who posted the role, he had interviewed me. Um, Years ago, and I said, this role sounds perfect for me. I mean, I want to work in digital. I love the podcast space. Um, I did my research seeing that some of their um, podcast producers were actually getting a chance to be on camera. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw, again, WWE, NFL, MLB, um, being able to work with talent directly to pretty much put the show together, travel opportunities, cover pay-per-views. I'm like, this sounds like it's for me.
0: Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I ended up uh, reaching out. I still had the person's email um, from years and years ago. And I was like, hey, you interviewed me for a role years ago. I see now you're at Fox Sports, and you're hiring for this role. Do you remember me? He's like, absolutely. Mm. And he's like, oh, you went to ESPN? I used to work there. Like, your resume has really beefed up. Like, I want to forward you to one of my uh, employees who's actually the direct, you know, hiring manager for the role. Um, so long story short, uh, much quicker than ESPN, which took three or four months, I got an offer in three weeks.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Three weeks, got the offer, and um, I'm packing up uh, my apartment um, to move to L.A. I'm packing up, packing up, and then uh, my hiring manager, um, shout out to Kristen, um, she calls me. I'm like, this is weird. I just talked to her. Yeah. Are They were sending my offer. Like, what's going on? I'm packing. She's like, Rhea, I have some bad news. mm and I'm thinking, uh-huh. what could the bad news be? I just got this really cool gig. And she was like, I know you're moving. And a uh, little, little sidebar here, I wanted to work for a woman in sports too, right? She had worked for ESPN, and she was like one of the youngest directors, senior directors at Fox Sports. So mm. I was excited not only for the job, but to work under a very really powerful, successful, young you know, woman in the industry. Mm. So she said, you know, at my time here, you know, I worked with, you know, paid manning a lot. And uh, for, like, productions for, you know, Fox ESPN. And we became really close. And he's hired me as a, as a head of uh, marketing for his company, Omaha Productions.
0: Mm.
2: So even though I just hired you, unfortunately, I won't be meeting you because my last day is going to be this Friday. Oh, wow. Oh, so the person who hired me, we still to this day have never met. Um, so I ended up still moving to L.A. I, I got the job, but uh, a lot of things kind of happened internally. And uh, one of my colleagues who I was working with, he ended up getting promoted to become my manager. And I love him to death. But a very twist of turns on how I ended up, you know, getting from a you know, student here to Fox Sports in Charlotte to ESPN, now to Fox Sports in L.A. as a talent producer in digital.
0: Oh, wow. And uh, that's, that's, that's so interesting, but I'm glad that that. The offer wasn't rescinded, though.
2: Same here. I was, I, yeah. I was, I was <laughs> so nervous. I was so nervous. Because
0: that bad news is like, yeah, it's bad news because I'm not gonna get to meet you, right? But uh, yeah. Do I still got my job? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> my job? I'm
2: packing up right now. My car's been shipped. I'll leave.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll live. A B- yeah. B- yes. R- <laughs> I'll, I'll miss you, uh, yeah. but do I yes. still got Do I still got Office Space? At the yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. So l- let's talk about WWE because me, me and Megs here are are big, big pro wrestling fans. I love that. And uh, you've had the opportunity. To you were telling me that you've had like a interaction with a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. What? Oh, go ahead. What? Go ahead. No, no,
1: what? sorry. I just did the what. The what? Stone Cold what? Anyway.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> shout out! Shout I, got out. It. I
1: got it. I got it.
0: <laughs>
2: shout out to Stone Cold. So as you mentioned earlier, I am the former producer of Fox Sports podcast Out of Character, hosted by one of my good friends Ryan Satin, and episode 100 of our podcast was coming up. And we're thinking we have to get somebody big, right? Mm-hmm. Episode 100. And the first person that came to mind was Stone Cold. So Ryan actually had interviewed Stone Cold for his own podcast years ago mm-hmm. at Stone Cold's house that he had at the time oh, in California. Wow. They, you know, had a beer together, did the podcast, had a good time. And he still had his number. So sadly he texted Stone Cold like, Hey, man, like episode 100 of my podcast, can you come on? We get no response from Stone Cold. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. such a bummer. So we're going through our emails, and then uh, Ryan texts me and says, 2K is having a release party, and guess who's going to be hosting it? Mm. And I'm like, Who? He's like stone oh, cold. Wait, I
0: saw that. Yes, he was behind the bar too. He wasn't was behind
2: he? the bar. I think I posted. You see my Instagram story. I, think I saw that. I yeah. posted. He was behind the bar. Yeah. He poured me a nice little drink. I mean, we're oh. best friends now, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Mister Cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Let's try to basically finesse it. Mm. Reach out to Two K's PR and see if we can somehow, like, you know, go there, bring our production crew, and interview him at El Segundo Brewery, where he has his own beer on tap. I mean, it's a long mm, shot, but yeah. let's see what he says. So we end up reaching out to 2K's PR, explaining, like, hey, you know, Ryan knows Stone Cold. He texted him, that he just been busy, but can we possibly just come to the launch event and interview him there? That's going to be episode 100. We would love to have it at our nice, fancy studio, but hey, for Stone Cold, we'll do it in your, our backyard. We'll do it yeah, in the backyard. Yeah. So Stone Cold gets the message, and he says, Absolutely. Tell Ryan he bring says, the Hell crew. Yeah. Hey, yeah! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up literally bringing our Fox Sports like camera crew to El Segundo Brewery oh, wow. in El Segundo, California. Went upstairs to their office space, set up a nice fancy backdrop, yeah. and interview Stone Cold there. Oh, wow. Interview was great. After the interview, he invited us downstairs. He was, again, pouring us, you know, drinks behind the bar. Uh, I mean, it that's was... A,
0: that's a core memory, isn't uh. it?
2: Core memory. i like, <laughs> I just... I still can't believe that, like, that's cool. Stone Cold, like, served me I like how drink. you said Mr. Cold. Mi- Mr.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mi- Mr. Cold. Yes, be, be professional. Mr. Cold. Mr. Cold. Uh, I saw that uh, during that event, they also had, like, a... Was it, like, a live stream of Up, Up, Down, Down with... Uh, yes. Uh, with the whole... Um, Kofi Kingston, Biggie, yes, and uh, I like to call him Consequences Creed because that was his old his old. Oh wrestling yeah,
2: name. shout shout out to Kofi. I, I met him a few times this year. I worked and, with him, and he's a great guy.
0: Yeah, they and they, they I saw that they did like a live stream, and they also had like Stone Cold like just walk into the the stream for a little bit. And they asked him like a few a few questions and stuff, and and uh, they're playing video games at the same time while they were doing it. So that that event was it looked like it was pretty cool, and I'm glad you had that like core memory of
2: it was i happening. mean it was it was just so cool just to be there and again like him just walking around as if like he's with his people yeah. like and mind you it was a private event but for me to be able to be invited to that space mm-hmm. yeah. was like incredible like i'll never forget it
1: uh, to me the most impressive part of that story was uh so well first of all that you kept going and then you got him and then the most impressive part was yeah, so then I just took the Fox camera crew <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we Son did a, a professional, garage. yeah. And when I tell you, like,
2: it's, it was much harder than I'm making it seem because we have to obviously, like, you know, for a freelance crew, like, do budgeting, um, transportation. I mean, yeah. it definitely was a lot. And it was kind of last minute as well. So for me to even get it approved and convince my bosses that it's definitely worth us going through the hassle yeah. for a stone cold
0: yeah man but that's like that's one of those things where it's probably exciting to do that, that kind of work even though it might be a little stressful right because yes, of the, the yes. Possibility. Oh, I mean that's
1: part of it right the, that's the I'm guessing you get like a real jolt adrenaline of rush. adrenaline rush when you do get it mm. um,
0: I mean
2: I was I was so pumped up. Like I probably had like three coffees that day. I was like <laughs> bouncing off the walls, like, Oh my gosh, like let's make sure the camera is here, backdrop is here. Like again we it wasn't an elevator, so ha- make sure we bring in cameras up two flights of stairs. Like oh, it was a lot going on, but again so you I You gotta just- hire
1: PAs too. That's <laughs> we didn't
2: have any PAs I, I was the PA I was the you PA. Were helping I was a producer I was the stage manager because it was so last minute I could only have yeah. a small crew for it yeah. and the space when I tell you what guys the, the space was so small you would never oh, guess that from yeah. the actual interview but it was super small
1: yeah. I worked in some movies when they say that I, I guess I gotta go to New York because I guess if I do movies there I'll know mm-hmm. how to do movies anywhere just because every space there is so it's, small it's, yep. it's like a little closet and you have to have a whole Rig set up in oh, there. Oh dang. Yeah. Did, were
0: you part of that of that photo shoot that they did in Los Angeles? Was it for like was it for the two K game or or WrestleMania? I forgot. The one that like uh I think Logan Paul was involved with. I and, was not
2: a part of that one. I mm-hmm. wish I was though. That was a fun one, yeah.
0: Who did that? Who, who was it just WWE that WWE, was, yes. Okie dokie. Yes. That looked that was really, really cool. That was you know, super dope. I saw some shots on social media and I'm like, wow, like being part of the of the behind the scene process. Is, is I feel like sometimes can be just as cool as being in front of the camera.
2: I mean it's it's like no other feeling. And putting all those pieces together to like make one big product and when I tell you I was literally like on one last breath of air during WrestleMania week um, this oh, year in uh, April, when but you the, got
0: to go too, right? To WrestleMania. Uh, I mean,
2: I was I was there, sun up to sundown. I mean, we started at around six a.m. doing like sit down interviews um, with uh, a few people, and then from there we went to the L.A. Convention Center, and they had a podcast area set up. WWE did for podcasts to come, like the Fox Sports, the Bleacher Report, busted to- open. Busted Probably. open. Yeah. The Ringer was there mm-hmm. to do um, interviews on their stage they provided. And we live streamed those. I mean, we had uh, Damien Priest there. We had the Big E. We had a lot of good people. So doing that for a few hours from there, go upload footage, upload hard drives, get those to editors, make sure, you know, the podcast is on Apple, Spotify, Fox Sports app, etc. cetera. Do that. And then from there, I'm driving to Inglewood to SoFi. Mm. And then I am that traffic, Traffic. I mean, <laughs> and then having to do um, a pre-show with Ryan Satin and then also doing a post-show, um, preparing interview questions. So essentially, I was working from 6 a.m. to probably midnight.
0: How much coffee do you think you had that day?
2: Oh, I don't even want to <laughs> yeah. tell you. I don't even want to tell you. I don't even want to tell you because, again, like... like an
1: IV bump, yeah. we just. I was like, I hope you're not on salary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will not yeah. dispose of this podcast. <laughs> you guys can't judge me. But uh, it was a
2: hustle and bustle the whole entire week. Mm. It was a hustle and bustle. But when I tell you, we had such a great product and everything turned out great. turned out great. I also um, worked Royal Rumble this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was absolutely phenomenal. And I think one special thing about Rumble was that um, the day before we flew to Rumble, um, we put in a request to interview um, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, rest in peace, Bray. Mm. And at the time, he had an interview with anybody. I want to say anybody, anybody,
0: mm.
2: in like, I want to say a year or so. Yeah. So at that time, and we were able to get him on out of character uh, and was through Zoom, but still a really great interview. I don't know. What happened? We we tweeted about it once that we're gonna have him on the show, but from there it got picked up by so many outlets. I mean, oh, wow. Yahoo, so, uh, so many people, and um the interview had I want to say five hundred thousand views within twenty four hours. Oh, shoot. I mean, for YouTube, that's that's mm-hmm. incredible. And from there, the Royal Rumble numbers just started going. I mean, we Mm. everything was just great. Again, that is when I met Cody Rhodes, and we almost had a little Rumble ourselves backstage. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I mean, it was just incredible working on out of character and just being a part of the WWE, you know, family.
0: What are some other interactions that you think within the WWE that you know you enjoyed? That you think that you um, either was a good connection for you meeting them for the first time, or they left a good impression on you so far.
2: I would say that this year I got the chance to, if you are any NASCAR fans listening, they had um, a NASCAR race in LA um, called The Chase. And at the time, we had um, some wrestlers in town. We had um, Rey Mysterio. We had Kofi Kingston. We had Xavier Woods. So we pitched an idea to do a NASCAR and WWE collaboration. Oh, I think I saw that. And oh. I was able to produce that. Oh, so wow. being able to bring together two huge fan bases, again, bringing together like a Chase Elliott with like, you know, a Kofi and like bringing a Joey Logano with like, you know, Xavier Woods or Rey Mysterio, mm. that was probably one of the best experiences. And you mentioned uh, – And Kofi and Xavier playing video games earlier. Like, these guys were so down to earth. After we finished taping, we're on the NASCAR track sitting down. They're like, You wanna wanna play the game with us? I'm like, Okay, sure. So, just like being able to meet them, you know, in real life and get the kind of just in person interaction, them being so authentic, and again, like seeing them kind of out of character, mm-hmm. which is so cool but as a producer again being able to collaborate with two of Fox's biggest, you know, properties, WWE yeah. on Fox, and NASCAR on Fox is a really great opportunity for me.
0: I think now nowadays like the same thing as like drinking a beer with uh stone Cold, uh, d- almost on that level is is playing a video game with kofi kingston and xavier woods it,
2: on, on the same level I asked, <laughs> you know? and then also i shot some because ryan couldn't make it that weekend so i was a talent as well so like oh, wow. i like got a microphone asked some questions for mm-hmm. social like shot some tiktok footage and like just so fun. I asked them like, you know, who's most likely out of Xavier and Kofi to like um crash on the track if you're a NASCAR driver. <laughs> so just like fun things, sort of like that. Like it was just so cool. Like, mm. this is my job.
1: Yeah. Like I'm you're literally
2: having drinks with Stone Cold and I'm playing video <laughs> games and shooting TikToks with, you know, Kofi and Xavier, like, this is this can't be a real job, but it is. Yeah. And it's fun and very rewarding.
0: That's why I think I think it's important for for us to have these kind of conversations to show people look Someone from Monticello can get to this level, yeah. absolutely. And then, you, and then I was yeah.
1: gonna say, going back to what they told you, and you said at the beginning of the podcast that when somebody told you that's not a real job, yes. well, now it mm-hmm. is <laughs> it is a real job and yeah.
2: again it has led me to be the young alumni of the yeah. university i yeah. mean i'll wave at them from the chancellor's box on saturday <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about
0: that you're getting this award you know and, and one of the things that we were that we were mentioning i think before we started recording we were talking about how you know there's so many there's so many folks that have been alumni of the university of arkansas that have done great things you know and and, and uh it must feel special for you to be the one that's going to receive the award, you know, this year. I just want your thoughts. What what are you feeling right now? That's tonight when you're going to get that award.
2: Honestly, I have so many emotions going through my my head right now. I'm just I'm so thankful um to God. I'm just um I honestly can't believe it. Again, living here as a student and me being able to accomplish everything that I have. I never thought at least at this at this point, so early in my life that I would be able to receive this award, so I'm very thankful. Um, my family has been so supportive. Again, this I'm on my third move right now. I went from. Arkansas to North Carolina to yeah. Connecticut now to LA and no matter where I go no matter which company I work for my family has supported me 120 wow. percent so for that I am so thankful and then also having um, friends being in my corner as well uh, one of my very close friends um, Daniel McFarland met freshman year I know Daniel Daniel great 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 guy um, he actually is on the love and Eye board oh, and yeah. he is the person who nominated me for mm-hmm. this award And, um, you know, he told me that, I mean, every year they get hundreds, I mean, thousands of people who are Mm -hmm. nominated for this award. And for me to, you know, go to the the last, you know, few people and then ultimately be selected, Mm -hmm. it just... I can't believe it, but I'm here, and I look forward to representing the university in a really great way and then also using my voice, as I always have been, to let anybody know. It doesn't matter if you're from Monticello, if you're from a small town, Arkansas, Alaska, wherever, um, sky truly is the limit, Mm -hmm. and um, this is only the beginning for me. I know, again, Mm I won the Emmys. I went from Fox Sports. I went to ESPN, but... This is only the beginning for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say stay tuned. There's so much more mm-hmm. in store for me and what I'm going to do in the future.
0: I think your story just kind of shows people you got to bet on yourself.
2: Bet on your, absolutely.
0: Take cool. risks. Yeah. Put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Yeah, what it takes. Sometimes yep. take yeah. opportunities that might not be 100% what you want, but you're going to have your foot in the door. So all these different things are, are important. Kind of on a side note, but one of the things that I like to ask people on this podcast is, what do you do to take care of your mental health?
2: I love this question. Hard stop. So what I've started to do um, this year is when I get up in the morning, I am not touching my phone. Mm. I am going to either read a book, I'm going to play a podcast, or I'm just going to meditate. And this is somebody who, for most of my life, I've had a phone since I was like probably 10 years old. Mm. I've always f- phoned by my pillow, grabbed my phone, and my social media scrolling. Yeah, me too. I do that. And it's, I feel like it's really not the best for your mental health because you get on there, you're yeah. seeing what people mm-hmm. are doing, how they're living their lives. You could use that one hour to, again, better yourself. Yeah. So I've started to, again, read, uh, watch a podcast, even, like, play, like, an old, like, you know, a church sermon. Something that's mm. going to help me be mentally better. Wow. First yeah. hour, no phone. Okay. No phone.
1: I feel guilty when I do that at night and I'm just like sitting there. Or maybe sometimes in the morning, you know, it's, it's like been an hour and you're still there like. Doo, 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 doo. And especially yeah. on
2: TikTok, uh, you can know. be on there for two, three hours.
0: No, I don't
1: have I'll TikTok. Like, oh, you don't
2: have TikTok? Well,
1: I mean, I'm like, I don't need another social media man. <laughs> you
0: know? I-, I feel that, I feel that, I feel that. On TikTok, you just end up on some like rabbit holes of just Yeah, of I already
1: end up, up in that. I don't, yeah, if anything, I'm trying to take stuff away.
0: And then right now is just, you know, I'm, I go on Twitter a lot you and
2: are a big twitter guy I am. you're a big twitter guy i yeah. am
0: and i feel like <laughs> when you go on twitter in the morning it might not be the best thing specifically now with everything happening in the, over there in the in the middle east Israel. there's just so many like like yes we i think we have to acknowledge it but we also have to take care of our mental health and be like For hey sure. i have to i have to try to intake like good things i have to take in some positive things because you know if if we if we don't help ourselves, we can't help out others, absolutely you know we can't we can't serve from like a empty glass, you know so and we I have love to
2: sharing positive quotes on social because I mean you never know who needs to see that.
0: Yeah. You never know. Definitely, yeah. definitely. But we're excited for you, Raya. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I hope that you um, that you uh, don't have – well, you know, people deal with imposter syndrome sometimes. So it's like I hope you can acknowledge and feel it that, you know, your hard work is being acknowledged by, by uh, the university and by your community and that you're doing a good job. And I'm really happy that you're doing the, the mentoring thing. You know, to be able to allow other people who come from Monticello, who come from Huntsville, Arkansas, all these different places that. L.A. Yeah, that might not. Lower Arkansas is what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) That might not have that support, you know, and they see someone like you who's doing it and that's trying to help out other people like that can just go such a long way. And hopefully we have other folks that you mentor in the future being getting this alumni award, you know.
2: I would love that.
0: I think it's it's beautiful, but Raya, thank you once again for making the time to be here. I'm excited for people to to listen to this podcast and and just learn from you, yeah, and thank be inspired you. by you. I think yeah. that's the most important
1: thing. Congratulations, like real good job on. Well, I mean, you know, obviously you don't need me telling you that. But <laughs> well, hell thank yeah. you both so huh? much, and you.
2: I would love to come back on my next visit. Yeah, we will. We'll thank set you. that
0: up. We'll have to. We'll have to exchange numbers so we don't have to do the Instagram DMs anymore. Yes. <laughs> um, but for everybody listening, uh, once again, that was Raya Clay. Um, and just look out for everything that she's doing. Follow her on social media, and she's going to be doing a bunch of big things. She already put the energy out there to to make sure it happens. And uh, that was the end of episode 217 of the District 3 podcast. My name is Edivine. And I'm Migs. Signing off. <laughs>